0: What God has for you to do has absolutely nothing to do with everybody else.
1: You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This is the message titled, Don't Get Offended, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2027. now for don't get offended
0: welcome to brothers of the word because brother you need the word and i'm going to start from the book of matthew 13th chapter the 53rd verse when jesus had finished these parables he moved on from there coming to his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. And I want to talk to you today for a few minutes from the subject simply Don't get offended. Don't get offended. And they took offense at him. In that same 13th chapter of Matthew 53, 18, on reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches and those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill them. Don't get offended. Now in these two instances, his very homeboys got offended because, they say, I see him doing all these miraculous works and all of these great things, and he's got all of these wisdom, but didn't he come from here? I know his mama, I know his daddy, I know his brothers, I know his sister, he's just like us, he from the same stuff, why he think he's so great, why he think he's so powerful, why does he think he's so well, I'm not going to listen to him or accept anything from him because he just like we are, and then when he got in the church and he began speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes and he told them this is supposed to be a house of prayer, not." a house of money and commerce." And they got so offended, they said, we're just going to kill him. We're just going to kill him. Don't get offended. I was in Pine Mountain, Georgia, and I stopped at a little restaurant there. It's a buffet-style restaurant. I was in my Miata, I had the top down, it was cool and I was looking basically like I'm looking now because I had the top down and it was cool, I had on my hat and I walked in and I got my food from the buffet and the restaurant had a few people but not that many and I saw one man in the back and I sat down with my back facing him. And after a few minutes, I heard him holler, "Sir, sir!" And Is and he talking to me? And I turned around, and sure enough, he said, "How are you doing?" I said, "I'm doing just fantastic." That's the way I always answer. I'm either excellent or fantastic, or somewhere between excellent and fantastic. I'm never just all right or okay. I'm doing phenomenal. So I told him, "I'm doing phenomenal." And I asked, "How are you?" He said, "I am blessed," and I could tell he was rather exuberant about God, just the way he. Sounded. And then he asked me, he said, My brother, he said, Can I teach you something? And that was a very odd thing. I'm in this little country town. I'm black. He was white. And he was much younger than I am. And here he says, Can I teach you something? I'm like, What in the world is this? <laughs> but I said, Sure. And he began quoting scripture and he began saying, when a man prays, he ought to take off his hat. And he began on with the rest of the scripture about how it dishonors his head. And I had kind of tuned out after that because I'm trying to figure out what this man saying. Basically he said, when a man praying, you ought to take off your hat. So actually I took off my hat because I knew it was there in the Bible somewhere. I wasn't overly familiar with the verse but I knew it was there, and I told him. I said, "Thank you for that." And I turned around and I began to eat, but I kept my hat off because you don't know sometimes you don't know what some of these folks might do in a little bit of towns like this. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so I kept my hat off. But I did look it up on the exact verse, and the verse says this. It's in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning at the second verse. I praise you for remembering me in everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered, dishonors his head." When I read that, and you know, I've read through everything in the Bible multiple times, but some things you just don't, it didn't, you know, grab you. I'm reading through the Bible again now, and I'm hearing some things that I never heard before. So every time you read through it, you get something different. And I had read this verse, but it just didn't apply. It felt like one of them, oh. Oh, biblical things. And then I began thinking, and the spirit of offense began to rise up. I said, first of all, most of the folk in this restaurant didn't pray in the first place, hat or no hat. I said, that's the first issue. I said, most of the folk in this restaurant, I haven't seen a single person do any kind of praying, black or white, no matter what that color, not one person has bowed their head and given God thanks for the meal but me. And he gonna pick me out, talking about I don't need my hat on while I'm giving thanks to the Lord. So you see how easy it is for the spirit of offense to arise. But I had to check myself. Sometimes you need to check yourself. You know that? Sometimes you need to check yourself. So I had to check myself, and I read the Scripture. Now, it talks about a man should not pray or prophesy with his head covered. Then it goes right on to talk about a woman in her head. I'm not even going to get into that because... We so, said, Pastor, are you saying that when the women come up here to pray, they need to have it? No, I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying you need to read the verse. I have learned when things are in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament laws, there's a reason for it that we don't understand most of the time. I just got another revelation on one of the things in the Old Testament. And I never understood this because some of that stuff be a little crazy to me. And it talks about you should not wear wool and linen at the same time. I'm saying to myself, what difference does that make? If you got on linen and wool, why in the world? What I could never understand. That was one of them crazy laws that made no sense to me until I was watching a scientific explanation of it. Wool has a vibrational resonance frequency of about 5,000. Anything below 15 is dead. Linen has the identical resonance frequency. Now, you have to have some pretty expensive and elaborate equipment to measure resonance frequencies. It's the natural vibration of a thing. And if you understand... Frequency and physics and resonance, you'll understand it. But it talked about how wool has a resonance frequency. Linen has a resonance frequency. They're both very high, and they're both energizing and health-giving and life-giving. But when they are combined, they cancel each other out. So now you go from something that has extreme energy and extreme life To something that promotes death. And I said, That's why. Never understood it. It sounded crazy until I understood the science behind it. That's why the Bible said you don't wear wool and you don't wear linen. It has to do with the vibrational frequency of the materials and the way it resonates with the flesh and the body. I never understood that until I watched that science explanation. A lot of things God understands at a level beyond our comprehension. So I'm sitting there looking at this verse and it says, when a man prays or prophesies with his head covered, it dishonors his head. So I'm saying, what does that mean to dishonor my head? I don't know. But I did make a decision at that point that because the Bible says it, whenever I pray over my food and it's cold outside and I got on a hat, I'm taking my hat off. It's just like I taught last week how the science talked about when you have a ritual over your food and if you do something like praying over your food, it increases your enjoyment of the food. Never knew that, never understood that. So there are just some things, and it may have nothing to do with just sometimes adding a certain element of reverence to things. And I'm not telling you to do this, because this is maybe not for everybody. I just recognize, I figure, first of all, if it's something that's not real hard to do, I'm going to do it. And if the Bible says to do it, I'm going to do it. That verse, they're going to have a lot of particular controversies about that, because the Old Testament, actually, if you're a priest, you had to have a covering on in the temple. They had these specially made hats, and not only did you have eight, you had two coverings. You had one little skull cap, then another wrap around, all that kind of stuff, but that was part of the priestly garment. But if you're praying or prophesying, what Paul says for a man, his head needs to be uncovered lest he dishonors his head. Now, my main message today really has nothing to do with that. What I want to talk to you about is the spirit of of offense, of how when you are given instruction or potentially corrected, you have a tendency to rebel because you get offended. It's so easy to do. Before I even questioned whether the man was right or not, I felt the spirit of offense right. Does this man know I'm a pastor? (laughs) Does he even know I recognize that? I bet he ain't no pastor. So you go through all of this kind of thinking pattern of how you denigrate and how you degrade the other person because a spirit of offense arises in you whenever you are criticized or corrected. My daddy always had a statement that says, if a man will not be counseled, he cannot be helped. And some folk just won't listen. And often they won't listen because of the spirit of offense. You can't tell me nothing. I got more degrees than you got. I got more money than you got. I'm older than you. I'm a pastor. You ain't ordained. You can't tell me nothing. So we go through all of these sometimes rationale and reasons because the root of it is a spirit. Of offense. Now, I'm not telling you to take advice from everybody. You need to be really careful about who you take advice from. But I want to give you three basic rules whenever someone criticizes or corrects you or says, like that man says, Can I teach you something? So, is it okay right now for me to just teach you something? I want to just give you, when this situation comes up in your life and you don't know. When a person is sent, you don't know who they are. You don't know whether this person is an angel. See, angels don't necessarily come down in a... They don't gloat. They're not in a robe. They may be sitting there in a bum's raggedy clothes. And you don't know how God will send his word to you. So you got to learn how to filter and how to filter it through your own spirit so the spirit of offense does not block truth coming into your world. So three things that you need to always ask before you shut something out and before you consider it not from God or you become so rebellious at it that they can't help you because you just offended. The first question you need to ask is, is it true? That's why the first thing I did pull out my Bible. Now, I didn't have a physical Bible, but I got one on my phone. I got all of the translations. So I pulled it out and looked at it through several translations. So the first thing I wanted to know, is it true? It's what this man just told me, is it true? And I didn't take his word for it. I looked it up myself, and it was plain as day. If a man prays and prophesies with his head covered, he dishonors his head. I said, hmm. I'd never thought about that. So I had to wash away the fact that I was the only one in the restaurant prayed over his food. That didn't matter. What God has for you to do has absolutely nothing to do with everybody else. And see, that's one of the first things. Look, yeah, yeah, I know you're saying I need to come to church, but I come to church more than they do. All my friends don't have come to church. So why are you getting on me about coming to church? I'm the best of my group. It has nothing to do with your group. It has to do with what has God and what is God's word and what is his spirit led to you to do. So my first thing we do is look around at everybody else. He didn't see any. That's why he said, Hey, you. You the one who's praying over his food. You couldn't tell anybody else that because he didn't see anybody else praying over their food. But yet the spirit of offense would have said, why are you picking on me? Why don't you get out and go and preach to all these other folks tell them they ought to be praying over their food? Why are you going to come pick on me praying over this food by my hat and it's cold outside? So the first question you need to ask yourself, is it true? And sometimes people may come to you about something in your personality or the way you behave, the way you act, and all this kind of stuff. They may even tell you a breath stink. Now, you're going to get offended if somebody tell you a breath stink. Is it true? You may, <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't ask yourself, is it true? Now, I will admit some people could use a little bit more tact. But you can't necessarily, because they may be short of time, it may be their nature, and they just may not like you. They may be glad to tell you that. But the thing is, you need to ask yourself, is it true? That's the first question, always the first question. Are they speaking truth to me or not? And if you can discern that it is true, and if you discern it's false... Let it wash over you like water off a duck's back. Don't let it get in your spirit. Don't let it get in your mind. Don't let it bother you. You just discard that and let it go. If it's false, give it no additional mind. But if it's true, then you move on to your second question. If what they have given me, if what they have told me, if this is true, am I going to change? Am I going to do something about it? Am I going to take this advice Take this criticism. Take this correction. Take this course of action. Am I going to do anything about it? Because you got two paths. You can either say, that's wise. That person is talking to me out of experience. Or that person is talking to me out of something they know. I can see the value of it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. But yeah, they're talking to me out of some experience. So if you know it's true, the second question, am I going to do anything about it? Yeah, I know my breath's stinking, but it's just going to keep stinking. I ain't going to change it. So that's the question. Am I going to do anything about it? Yeah, I know I need to do this. Yeah, they're telling me the truth. Yeah, I know. So that's the second. And it's just like with the first one, because sometimes we make the decision that either the benefit of changing is not worth it for me and there are some things like that I mean I've had people tell me Mr. Bronner, you know when you come in sometimes you don't speak you are just kinda you know mostly hey y'all you not like that you come in sometimes you don't even speak to folks is it true? absolutely
2: <laughs>
0: absolutely that is absolutely true and I had to look back over my behavior and look at it and say, yep, when well, I'm focused. Now, I may speak to people first thing in the morning, but if it's not first thing in the morning, I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. Dinah sent my wife. It was a little meme and a little animated culture, and it was basically a woman going back and forth saying, I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. So I got stuff to do. I do not have time to be focused on, hey, 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 I just don't have time for that. I got stuff to do. So they were absolutely correct that because of my focus on what I got to do, a lot of times, if it's not first thing in the morning when I first come, I don't speak to folks. My mind is focused on what I got to do. But I recognize this and I said, Am I going to change this? <laughs> and I had to ponder over that. Do I want to change this? And actually, my conclusion is I want to move it just a little bit. I'm not going to ever be, you know, some folk, they just all hug it. you. You know what them. Some folk, hey, yeah, that's not me. I'm just not ever going to move to that side. I don't want to move to that side. I'm not going to be like that. But I was conscious of it. And I made a change to move a little bit closer to the, hey, y'all, I'm not fully over (laughs) there, but I moved a little bit closer. So I modified my behavior to where I balanced it between me not losing my focus and to be being, being a little bit more congenial and cordial to people and a little bit more greedy. So I did modify my behavior where I greeted people more. So it's what we go through When we will get a recommendation or a correction or a criticism, am I going to, if this thing is true, am I going to change it? Is it worth it for me to change it? Do I want to change it? Or do I want to stay the same? And sometimes your decision, I don't want to change it. Yeah, they're right, but this is who I am. I don't want to change it. So that's the second question that you must ask yourself. If it is true, then will I make the change? And you'll be surprised, but you'll be surprised how a lot of people just won't be honest with either one of those. They won't recognize it's true, and deep down they know it's true, but they just won't, they'll come up with all of these excuses and rationale why it ain't true, but it is true, and you know it's true. Deep down in your gut, you kind of know it's true. So when I read the scripture, I made the decision. Yeah, it's true. Paul said it. And it's not in the Old Testament. It's not in the law. But Paul said this. And he said, if I don't take my hat off when I'm praying or prophesy, it dishonors And I went through all of my logical stuff. I said, first of all, I don't wear a hat that much. I only wear a hat if it's cold. And the hat that I do wear is this kind of hat. I don't wear hats for decoration. You won't see me wearing them little sporty caps and... I don't wear it in the sun to keep sun because I love the sun. So if anything, I'm trying to get more sun. I'm laying out in the sun. So the only time I'm going to have on a hat is when it's cold. So the question I had to ask, when it's cold, when I got on a hat, when I'm getting ready to eat, am I going to spend the energy and the effort to take off my hat when I pray? That was a question. And that's a real question. I don't know what dishonor my head means, to be honest. But it's a lot of stuff in the Bible, I don't know the meaning. And sometimes as you grow, it's like that wool and linen. I didn't know why that was either. So I have to ask myself, so this is what it will require for me to make the change. If I got on a hat because it is cold and I sit down to pray before my food, it takes me about two seconds, and it may mess up my hair, because you're gonna, I got a whole lot of hair. Thank goodness, thank the Lord. I got a whole lot of hair. And if I put on a hat, it mashed down my hair. So the question is, will I take the two seconds to take my hat off, pray over my food, and then if it's still cool, put my hat back on? That was my question, and that was my dilemma. You need to go through the same process. Is it true? So that's the first thing, is it true? Yep, it was true. Am I gonna make the effort and expend the energy to make the change and I decided I would because first of all it's not that much I can spend two seconds taking it off and two seconds putting it back on I can do that just in case but I could feel it's like some churches you stand when the word is being read and some you don't most you don't but do you know when you stand when the word is being read there's a greater reference to it You feel different, you just do. So it's something about, it may not even make sense to the logical mind. There's something about when I'm getting ready to pray, if I take my hat off, there's something about it that elevates the reference. And sometimes these rituals, they have both a psychological, but they often has a physical. There may be some energy waves that no instrument that man has can measure that a hat blocks. I mean, that's possible. It's just like, I would have never guessed the linen and the wool had something to do with magnetic or nuclear resonance frequencies. I would have never guessed that. I don't know what's coming out of my head. That may be a beam right now coming straight up to the Lord and when I put my head on it, block it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then it's opposite for women. Men are supposed to uncover their head. Women are supposed to cover their ass. So why is it different from men? If it's something going on, wouldn't it be the same? I don't know. God didn't tell you the why. Just like he didn't tell you the why. He didn't tell you the why with the washing of the hands before you eat. He didn't tell you because we didn't know anything about germs until a couple hundred years ago. He didn't tell you all these microbes and germs and bacteria and viruses be on your hand. So therefore, wash your hands before you eat. He didn't give you any explanation. He just told you to do it. He didn't give you any explanation on a man taking... Now, I'm not dealing with the women. That's y'all's business. I'm trying to get my own head straight. You all said a pastor trying to get his own head straight. <laughs> I'm trying to get my own head straight. This just dealing with me. It's not a big thing, but I'm teaching you the principle of the spirit of offense and what I went through dealing with it. So first, is it true? Second, am I going to do anything about it? Third, when? When? A lot of people make a decision, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And they never get started. You all ever done that? I'm going to do this thing. And they never get started. That's why putting a time frame on it makes it more likely if you... Put a start date on it, and particularly if you write the start date, and particularly if you start it right then. The longer you delay to starting anything, the less likely you'll ever get started. So if you make a decision to do something, you need to get started on it right then. I never will forget my wife and I be watching this program. It was one of those Hallmark series set way back in the old west. And the lady, she and this man were kind of interested in each other, but she was very standoffish and very sophisticated. So one of the other ladies in the town came to the man and said, look, you need to get this woman moving. You need to do something to make her jealous. She said, why don't you just make it look like you and I are dating and see what that does. So they start going places together, holding hands, and then the other lady walked up to the man and she said, that other woman, then? And he said, well, I'm interested in you. I want us to be together. What about that other woman? And he said, Well, uh, if you are interested in me, I will let the other woman go. And then she asked a very poignant but very relevant question. She said, Queen! <laughs> And I never forgot that line. She said, when? So, that's the third. When? If you decide that it is true, if you decide that you are going to do something about it, then the third question is when? The spirit of offense. And sometimes we can block things out. There was once a pastor of a church and. He was kind of controversial, so he would get all kind of letters, but he made it a point, he would never read the letter if it was anonymous. He said, if they don't sign it, I'm not even going to read it. And he told his congregation, if y'all send me a letter and you don't sign it, I'm not even going to read it. And that's just the way I feel about it, so if you don't sign your name on it, I'm not even going to read it. So the next Sunday, he got an envelope, opened it up, and there was a four-letter word. On the paper and it just said fool that's all it was there just when big old letter covered the whole sheet of paper fool so the pastor got up in front of the congregation he said now i've had a lot of letters where people sent a note without signing it but this is the first letter i've ever had where they put their name on there with no note <laughs> Proverbs fifteen thirty one: If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. The spirit of offense. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. And you can grow when you can accept criticism and you can remove all of this other fleshly stuff that blocks out someone trying to tell you how you can be better. But you will never receive it. You will never make the changes without going through those three things. Is it true? And if it is true, am I going to do anything about it? And if I decide that I am going to do something about it, when? And those three things will help you deal with the spirit of offense. And it will help you change your life for the better. Because all of us will get criticism and correction. And I've gotten a ton of it because I'm kind of controversial. I remember someone told my mother once, they said, Pastor Nathaniel's just preaching what he wants to preach, not what God wants him to preach. And my mother told me that. I went through them three things. I said, when I re- went, there, I said, mm. after that, I started asking God, what shall I preach? And he began speaking. See, pastors are probably some of the worst offenders because when you're in leadership, you don't want to be corrected. Leaders are sometimes the worst because they don't want to be corrected. They want to correct everybody else and tell everybody else how to do it, but they don't want to take their own hat off. So sometimes the higher you are, the more difficult it is. That's why God had problems when he elevated people. They got so full of pride. That's why that Proverbs talks about humility precedes honor and pride goeth before a fall. So when we can reduce our ego learn how to go through that filter to improve us without getting offended it will elevate our lives to a much greater level. So as I leave just turn to your neighbor once again and simply tell them don't be offended. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for sending the man, I don't know who he is. And Lord, I don't even know what he was. But I just thank you for the message that shall add one more bit of reverence that I have for you and even our communication. I just thank you for all of the correction that you have sent into my world. Help me to keep my spirit humble, to keep my spirit open, and to listen for your messengers when they have a word for me that I may hear and heed in a hurry. In thy son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor James, if you'd close us out for today.
3: thank pastor for that awesome message and just for his being so candid and vulnerable telling you about his own spirit of offense and and coupled with that we not only have to work on not being offended ourselves but not offending others and you know how you give criticism will make a big difference on how easily they're offended and this past week I was counseling somebody that had offended somebody in a I gave them a better way of saying it. And you can deliver the same message offending less. So work on both sides of it. you know. Before you go to correct somebody, think about it and say, what's the best way for me to deliver this message? And you just say a prayer and ask God to give you the words and you'll find that there are ways that are better than other ways and just telling them straight. So take both sides of being careful not to be offended, and using pastors' three steps. Is it true? Am I going to change it? And when? And then when you have to give others criticism, think about how to best do it. My father, he used to use his compliment sandwich where he would tell you something positive, then he would give you the criticism in the middle and something positive in the end. And they have some other, perhaps better methods today, so... Just do some study on it and, like I said, pray before you go and, and correct others. And I think Ms. Sharon had a testimony you wanted to give on this. Praise the Lord everybody. The Lord. Give an honor to all
2: the congregation. Just want to concur with what Pastor said. I was on the roster to pray today. And every time it's time for me to pray out the lord told me that i am one of the prayer boys it's just like what am i going to say what well, he was saying about the covering i got dressed this morning god told me to wrap my head like, that's why i look like the queen okay so um he said as pastor say well, for the men is different from the women and i'm honoring my head so anytime you see me i'm honoring my head because i ask my head my husband, I asked him, hey, boo, how do I look at that? I'm like, I'm okay. He said, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you look good. And I, I just want to concur that God had me to wrap my head up today. And Yvette, I started to call her Pastor Yvette. But Yvette called me and reminded me that you're on the roster to pray today. And that's why my head is covered.
3: amen. amen. thank you for demonstrating the word today. Amen. Where with heads bowed right now? There's anybody in this place and God is leading you to declare him Jesus, your Lord and Savior, or to recommit your heart and life unto him. Your altar is open at this time for you to come and us to pray with you. second appeal and you've been hearing the word of God here and filling his presence and God is leading you to join this body of believers the doors of the church are open so if you want to come for either one of those two appeals the altar is open and you know sometimes even we can get offended by the word we can be doing things and reading the word, and it'll convict us, and we'll get offended and say, you know, that was old-fashioned way. This is a new martyr, and we'll make excuses for our behavior, doing things that we want to do in our own flesh. So even take this message today and make sure that you don't even let the word offend you, because God's word will convict you, and you can. Let conviction turn into offense. So guard your hearts. and Make sure that you guard your minds. Amen. Well, stand to your feet. I'm gonna ask Miss Genesis if she'll come and close us in prayer. Hey. Hello,
4: everybody. Before I close this out in prayer, I did want to go over. So my uncle was right. It does say, well, it says the thing about men is a thing about women, and it's up to each of your interpretations, after saying that in verse 16 of the same chapter, it says, but if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God, so I personally interpreted that to me, it's up to you to decide based on your relationship with God, so if you feel like God's telling you to wrap your hair, well then if you don't, it would be considered a sin. But I would like each of you to judge it accordingly and talk to God about it, and not just like brush it off. Like, you can, but also, yeah. So, may you please bow your head and close your eyes for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to your word, for letting it correct us without viewing eyes, Lord, so that we can be vulnerable and permeable with you and you alone that we can trust you and your word above any type of criticism above any type of judgment lord for you say you alone can judge us father god and i just say thank you for that that compassion that mercy and above all lord that discipline that you're trying to instill in us because you love us so lord as we continue our lives as we decide on how to interpret your word as we read your word and actually try to digest it lord let us not be offended by you but let us hear the truth in every person that comes to speak through you lord even if it's not in the tone, even if it's not in the vocabulary that we wish to hear it. But God, let us just give thanks in every single thing that comes into our ears. Let us give thanks in everything that we experience and give that experience back unto you, Lord, because you love us. And at the end of the day, you will always love us. And that is the greatest gift we will ever receive, greater and worth any offense that could be taken. Thank you, Lord, that you came and died on the cross for our sins. You were persecuted, spat on, and you were whipped, Lord, for us. So if we are offended, Lord, if it's too late and we've already gone to anger, Lord, let us remember what you did for us. And let us try to find peace and harmony once again. I just pray that you're with us through that process, that you remind us of your love, and that we are with you, walking with you, seeking you above all else. It is in your son's name that I pray. Amen.
1: You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled "Don't Get Offended" by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number two zero two seven. That's two zero two seven. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number two zero two seven to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com.
0: If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, Go to iWantTogive dot com. That's IWantToge dot com.
1: Listen to brothers of the Word dot com often because brother you need the word.